0: Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week on this show we try to make it a little more fun, a little more friendly. I play a game with one guest who is guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant. As we go through the game that I made up for them, I assign them points based on how much their answers delight me and cheer me up personally then the winner and only contestant receives a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice and we each give a pep talk to someone or a group or a thing out there in the world that we think might need it this week because this isn't all about me it's just mostly about me I'm so excited that my guest this week is here. He is an editor-at-large for Esquire with a new column in the print edition called Dave Holmes America. He is the author of the wonderful essay collection Party of One, as well as the host of the podcast Troubled Waters and the new podcast Waiting for Impact. I've already tipped who it is. Welcome to the show, Dave Holmes. Hello. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to see you. It is so good to see you. Always. Always. Thank you. It has been brought up, it was brought up before the recording, but you have a wonderful jacket on. You, feel, you seem Thank very you. dapper. Do you always dress up Thank for you very much. audio recordings or do you, this is just the mode you're in today? I
1: do tend to dress up for an audio recording. I mean, you know, we can't leave our homes. We can't be together in person, mm-hmm.
0: but we can show up for each other in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> I love right? that. I think that's so wonderful. I, I'm a big fan of like exactly. making something feel like an event.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think, that's, I think that's very important. My good friend uh, Scott Gimple is a writer who, when he sits down to write at home, he just puts on a tie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and then you know, then the work begins. Like there, there is something about changing up the way you dress to like make, make things feel a little bit more special.
0: You can create a mood from the outside in. I think that works. Obviously, yeah. like <laughs> sometimes there are limits to it, but I do think it's like, you know, it's why people dress up to go to a, the, paint their chest to go to a football game or whatever. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. If, if I wore a tie to the football game, I would feel a little more uh, stayed, maybe a little less exactly. exuberant. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. Plus, I love it's it. Autumn. It's they- my favorite season. Love autumn. What are your favorite autumn qualities? Oh, God, well, I, I
1: don't get any of them in Los Angeles where I've lived for 18 years now, which is mm-hmm. so stupid. What am I doing here? <laughs> um, I love everything about Autumn. I love I love the crisp air. I love the smell of burning leaves. Mm-hmm. I love the muted uh, tones of what we're all wearing. The color I love, palette, for sure. The color palette is amazing. Um, I love, like watching boys jog in fleeces,
0: you know what i mean?
1: <laughs> I love um, i love that there is certain music that is autumn music.
0: Absolutely. Let's jump into our game. Today's game is called Back to the Past. On your new podcast Waiting for Impact, you auditorily and culturally transport listeners back to 1991 to investigate the little known 90s boy band Sudden Impact, who appears briefly in One Boy's to Men video, correct? That's correct. That is correct. And that's all they did. Today, I'm going to ask you some questions about literally being transported back to 1991, hypothetically oh, speaking. Oh, awesome. Yes. As always, I will judge your answers based on accuracy, creativity, and how much they delight me specifically. Dave Holmes, are you ready to play yes. Back I have, to the Past? Yes. I have never been more ready in my life. Okay, first question. If you traveled back in time to 1991... What is your ideal outfit you would wear to blend in or to stand out? I might
1: be wearing it right now, as a matter of fact. Ooh. I, I You see, here's the thing in 1991, I was in college in Worcester, Massachusetts at Holy Cross, which was mm-hmm. not a great choice for me, just <laughs> life wise. Um sure. Because it was, you know, um, a very practical place. And I was not a very practical person and I maybe mm-hmm. should have gone to a place where I could have cultivated my more artistic side. But I didn't. I went here because it was a, a beautiful campus and it was full of beautiful people in beautiful mm-hmm. clothes. And I was like, I just I want to be like them. So I figured I'd just go and be like them. Here's the thing. It didn't work except for the clothes, <laughs> Because in 1990, you know, whatever. and It doesn't matter. In Massachusetts. Yes. Um, you get a lot of terrible weather and you get kind of an extended autumn. So there's a lot wow. of opportunities for layering. So so you have your like, you know, uh, Holy Cross rugby team T-shirt with, with like the ring, but also the two little things that go down. You know what oh, I mean? The yeah, ringer yeah, yeah. and then the this. Um, yep. It's almost like a placard, but without buttons and then yep. and then you have your you know your button down shirt over that and then maybe you have your benetton rugby shirt over that <laughs> and then you have like a tweed jacket that's a little bit fraying at the at the sleeves totally uh, over that i look back at the pictures and i see a, a boy who's very sad but beautifully dressed um <laughs> so i think yeah i th- i i feel like my my 91 aesthetic as it was is is what I would wear, and and but the one element that is missing now, I guess,
0: is Benetton. Right, that's kind of faded away. But I do think, yeah. autumnal layers. I mean, you weren't joking about loving autumn. This is like back to the past, and you're like, oh, finally, 1991 to me, a place that's that feels like e- eternal or almost eternal late fall. Yes, yes, I remember yeah. it as late
1: fall. Toad the Wet Sprocket is playing. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in layers and I'm going through an existential crisis, mm-hmm. but I'm loving it somehow,
0: you know? <laughs> Incredible answer. Yeah. I love this. I think that, it, that it's a it's a great aesthetic, a, a timeless aesthetic, as, as we've yes. discussed, except for the Benetton. Yeah. Except for the Benetton, but that'll be back. <laughs> this answer is worth a clean 600 points, just based on oh. the kind of number of combinations that you can create with, you know, shirt, button down, jacket. With very very few individual components, you can add that up to a lot of uh, different permutations. I think that's absolutely correct. What would yours be, if I may? (sighs) I don't know. I feel like one thing that I miss from that era, because I do love that kind of classic button-down jacket sweater styling. So that might Mm -hmm. be what I would, would do. But I think what I would also like to do, and I may be a couple years early on this, but if I were to go back into the 90s, I would indulge myself in like a big puffy NBA starter jacket. What a thrill. I also, you know, I remember, I and there's something that
1: I look back on from around 1991. In fact, I think exactly 1991 that I did not do. And it was probably wise that I didn't do it, but the baseball cap with the X on it. Oh sure! <laughs> I remember, like thinking, like 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 hand hovering over it at a store, and then yep. th- and we didn't really have this word at the time. But then thinking, like this might be appropriation, and it might not be cool.
0: Mm, I'm not Spike Lee. I'm not Denzel.
1: Maybe this yeah. is not for me. <laughs> it was a feeling. It was it was a a, a, a feeling you could not verbalize. Um, mm-hmm. Also, a piece of 1991 that I have brought. To the future, which is the present, mm-hmm. um, the <laughs> production team of Waiting for Impact gave me a wrap gift, which is a New Kids on the Block "Hangin' Tough" tour jacket. That rules! It rules so hard. It's like it's it's like a Letterman's jacket, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's fully, you know, it's got the logo on the front, huge New Kids on the Block logo on the back, uh, studded with buttons of the various uh, band members. Yep. And, and it has a sales slip in the pocket from, uh, so I guess they got it off of eBay or something, but the original owner's sales slip is in the pocket. And it is literally from 1991. And it's an extra large okay. because we wore everything super huge back then. Mm-hmm. And I have been wearing it everywhere I go. Uh, that's because awesome. it is
0: such it is such a, a legitimate piece of nostalgia. That is so great, featuring the name of Donny Wahlberg, the superior Wahlberg. That is the canonical opinion of this podcast.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's probably
0: true. H- History has borne that out. <laughs> yes, I think you may you may be right. So cool, excellent. That's six hundred points. Let's go to the next question. What is a piece of contemporary culture that you would show to the people of 1991 or the early 90s, generally, to blow their minds? Not necessarily technology, not like, oh, our our phone is a computer, uh, but like a piece of art or just like news that would really dazzle them back then. I think
1: what would have blown my own mind in 1991 Mm -hmm. is a piece of technology, is a piece of technology, but is not a recent piece of technology because I, okay. I, I would not be able to handle it. Okay. I just would not.
0: <laughs> like uh, the iPhone is just too
1: much. The iPhone is way too much. Like in 1991, yeah. we didn't have like, you couldn't, you know, if you wanted to use a computer, you went to the computer lab. Yes. You know, to use one of these gigantic desktop machines that didn't communicate to any other desktop machine. You just like did word processing on it. Right, right, yes. You could You
0: could type. You could maybe play an yes. Oregon Trail if that was what you were into. May- maybe, but, maybe, maybe, but I don't even think that. I remember in that era watching Star Trek The Next Generation and seeing their yeah. the tricorders, right, that they would take on away missions. Yes. And it would be like, oh, here's what the climate here is like. Here's what the, the, the temperature is. Here's what the atmospheric composition, et cetera. They would get kind of basic readouts. And everyone's phone now, that was, I think, in the... Like 24th or 25th century is when that yes. was supposed to take place. Everyone's cell phone is so much more advanced than that, it's, which was to be the most exciting technology that in the galaxy. Yeah. Totally,
1: that is like the jitterbug version. Absolutely, of what has yeah. Right it's now, like you they know? were
0: flying through, through through space with right. What you get for a grandparent who's like, well, we don't want yes. to call in everybody's number. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, too many apps will terrify them. Get them this. Yeah. Oh, that's so right. That's exactly it.
1: So, but the the piece of equipment, uh, the piece of technology that would have blown my 1991 mind, came along in around 1999, and was the Sony Mini Disc Player. Ooh yeah. the Sony mini disc player got got like nudged out of the way by MP3 players and, you know, and, and then the world moved in that direction. But for yes. like six months in around 1999, Sony made... A like it was a portable music player, and it yeah. had the sound quality of CDs. But you could run with it, and it wouldn't skip. And the best mm-hmm. part for me, the part that would have blown my 1991 mind, was yeah. you could make these 90-minute mixtapes, right? But then, like, if you got sick of a song on it, you could take that song off and replace it with a different one. Or I didn't if realize you were that like, about mini discs. I don't. Yes. That they were rewritable, like, like that. I don't love. They were. You could change the order. Like if if as if an order of songs was not pleasing to you anymore, and you were like, no, I'm gonna flip flop, Jesus Jones and you know uh, Tara Kemp, mm-hmm. you could do that. Uh, and that like I got that piece of equipment as a gift in 1999, and I was like, this is the great. I, there's I don't understand how technology could evolve any further. This is everything that I've ever wanted. It would it would have blown me
0: in half. It is a perfect jump, because I think your brain would have been ready to understand what that was. Like, by 1991, there were CDs. I don't think I had CDs in 1991. Like, I don't know that my family had a CD player yet, but, like, they existed. You'd heard of them, you know, from neighboring villages, perhaps. Yes, yes, yeah. On a landline telephone call. A fancy neighbor, um, Yeah. Yeah, um, a fancy neighbor,
1: perhaps. But you really couldn't but, take them with you. I mean, there were disc no. me, discmans or whatever, but yep. like you would have to hold them like a, a waiter does a tray of cocktails. Like, you know, <laughs> they would skip very easily. So
0: they, yeah. I mean, they were in theory portable, but not really. No, disc this, this, but this is a technology that, that you're ready to experience. Like, it would blow your mind, but not in a way yes. where you're like, whoever showed this to me must be stopped. Exactly, and it would get me primed for, you know, a more technologically evolved future, perhaps. Incredible. This is an excellent answer. This answer is worth 552 points based on kind of over the life of a mini disc, how many minutes of music would cycle on and off of it. I think, wow, yeah, good, thank you. That was good rationale for that. (laughs) Thank you. You're doing great. Thank you, I feel pretty good about it. You know what, if I were allotting points to me, I'd take a couple, but this isn't about me. (laughs) You've earned them. You deserve them. Thank you. Next question. Yes. What 1991 experience did you miss out on the first time and would love to get to have now, whether it's like a band you'd like to have seen at, at that moment or historical moment that you'd like to relive with your current perspective intact?
1: Okay. There is a thing that I did not get to see live, and God, it kills me, and I wish I had... And and I think it's I think it is critically important in our cultural evolution, and we don't give it enough credit. Mm-hmm. It is the 190-91 annoyance theater in Chicago production mm-hmm. of the real Live Brady Bunch, okay? Tell me more. So they got a cast together, and that cast uh, reenacted old scripts of the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. and they amped up the, like, the camp of it may be five percent, right? Ooh. Like, they didn't, they didn't mm-hmm. really, they didn't, like, go whole hog, like, making fun of it. They played it pretty sure. straight. But, up until that time, we didn't, like, the idea of knowing every word of a Brady Bunch episode was not a thing, mm. that was not a, a thing that was, pri- that was not a quality in a human being that was prized right? That was weird (laughs) still. You know what I mean? We hadn't gotten to the point like fandom culture had not really begun yet. Pop culture obsessives all kind of felt like islands scattered around the the world. And, And this was a thing where they just did these episodes live and the crowd went bananas because it's like, it was a shared experience. Everybody of a certain age basically seen every episode of the Brady Bunch, but they've never watched them together. And they've never watched, they've never had them like played up a tiny bit for comedy. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, uh, there are a couple of performances on YouTube and I I beg your listeners to just search Real Live Brady Bunch on YouTube. I'll put them in the show notes. Please do. You will see and hear an audience lose its collective mind. And, and and like discover something new and like uh, um, uh, a a new like a new thing to be excited about. like on paper, let's go watch a bunch of people do an episode of The Brady Bunch doesn't sound that exciting, but the way that it is done is beautiful. it's it's Jane Lynch as Carol Brady. It's Andy wow. Richter as Mike Brady. It's um the the iconic performance of Melanie Hutzel as Jan Brady. It's just it's like superstars and it's well, i i wish that i had been there to to watch my people
0: become yes. my people you oh, know what a great way to put that because right that is you you get to watch this formative thing that you've heard about this galvanizing right. thing that like if it happened now it would it would have a different cultural resonance no matter what show it was yeah. right brady yeah, bunch even course. if it was a show even if it was a Oh, yeah, they're doing Seinfeld episodes. It still wouldn't be like it was for people to kind be of first time. word of mouth or like alt press listing, hear about this. Yeah. And then to see these people who are like truly iconic household names now. Hmm. Hmm. And you, you get that there is you get that before they were famous hipster cred. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do.
1: And it's and it's like it's kitschy in a in a very mm-hmm. early '90s way that felt very new. Uh, the the one um, that I think has the most views on YouTube is is one literally from the Annoyance Theater, like its original home. And when Melanie Hutzel comes out as Jan Brady, I've I've just never I've never felt an audience react to something more strongly yeah. in my life. And she doesn't have to do anything. She just shows up with the hair and then yep. she says one word, which I will not spoil. And and people, it's like,
0: people go nuts. There's like moshing, basically. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. What a perfect pick. And it's so, again, so of that specific time. You're not going to get, you know, it's like, if you're like, oh, I want to see you 2 on a specific tour. It's like, well, oh, they're still playing yeah. those songs. <laughs> sure,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. You'll yeah. see them do something new, but this, yeah, this can never happen again.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. A great answer. Thank you. This answer is worth seven hundred and eighty-two points. Thank you. Yeah. Huge <sighs> Thank answer. Thank you. Very oh, excited. Next question. Yes. What is something about 1991 that you loved at yes. the time, but you'd like to relive or revisit while you're there? Uh, record stores.
1: Yeah. I want to go to a record store. And what about that era? You know, there was the idea in any new place where I was going that, like, this record store would be different and have different things, and there, mm-hmm. there were always like a half dozen sort of rare things that I was on the lookout for. And so anywhere that I would go in the world at this time in 1991, when I was in college, when I would visit friends at other colleges, I would be like, take me to your record store. And sometimes I would find that thing. And, you know, other times I wouldn't, but I would hear, you know, the the person behind the counter would be playing something that would become my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you could buy a poster You could, uh, you know, you could buy a t-shirt. You could buy new, you could buy used. You could, you could like get a sense for who the local hipsters were. If you were in, if you were, you know, if it was in the city where you lived or went to school, you could find your local hipster community. It was, it was a message board. It was uh, Amazon. It was,
0: it was everything. I I do think there is something that is, Qualitatively different, not just like mm-hmm. nostalgically different, of discovering music through like a physical media that you have the mm-hmm. time investment and, and often the financial investment of like going oh, yeah. to a place, making a choice that you can't really take back, as opposed to like, oh, this band has a new album. I'll check it out on Spotify while I do the dishes. And if exactly. it doesn't grab me, then I'll never think about it again.
1: If it does grab you, you'll never think about it again. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing is that like I, you know, like every couple of weeks, there's a new album that I love and that for like two days I listen to obsessively. And then day three, I wake up and I open Spotify and there's nothing to remind me that I love it. So Mm -hmm. I'm on to the next thing that I love and forget about. I do sound like a
0: a grumpy old man, but. Whatever. No, I don't think it's a grumpy old man. I would say wistful old man. (laughs) A wistful old man. There you go. I'm right there with you because I love that experience. I will never
1: forget this. In 1984, three or four... Uh, mm-hmm. I was in seventh grade, and I used to, you know, every week with my little allowance, ride my bike up to the, the West County Mall and go to Record Bar, yep. which was the, the mall record store, mm-hmm. and just see what was what and what I could, you know, spend my money on. And I remember, like, I was kind of a regular there. And the mm-hmm. and the guy behind the counter was like, I want you to hear something. And he put on the 45 of How Soon Is Now by The Smiths. Whoa. And I was like, this is scary. And I'm turned on, and i and nobody else I know knows this. I was like i "I have to have this and I put down the dollar forty nine or whatever it
0: was, and it was like yep. that was fully life changing that is real. And, and and wonderful and not to be overstated. I remember this was not my particular version, but I witnessed it when I uh, when I, maybe middle school. We went into the strawberries or coconuts that we could walk to from middle school, and uh-huh. my friend was buying the album by German metal group Rammstein. Because the oh, single yeah. was was on, I think it was, we probably heard it on MTV, you saw it on MTV, sure. the video, heard Duhast. the single on the local, Du Host, of course. And uh, this guy, Abe, who worked at the record store, was like, You psyched for Ramstein. And my friend was like, I am psyched. He's like, Yeah, man, yeah. this rock, he should be psyched. And like, I just remember him, like, when you would buy something that he thought was cool, he'd be like, You psyched for the Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. And he'd be like, I'm like, psyched? I'd be like, I am. Yeah. And I yeah, just think about that. Are. I was like, I am, I'm psyched. And nobody now, if I just am on Apple music or whatever, nobody asks me if I'm psyched.
1: Nobody cares whether you're
0: psyched or not. You know there should be, there should be a, a pop-up that's like, are you psyched for are you uh, yes or no? Yeah, are, are you psyched for um Doja Cat's new album or whatever it is? Yeah. Oh man. I listen, Leah, they should build that into the technology. I think they should. You psyched. Bring it in. Do you psyched? Incredible answer. This this answer is is close to my heart. This answer is worth 578 points based on how many CDs, singles, records you would consider buying before settling on the one that you buy. Oh man, what a what a world.
1: From my very first album, I remember being like, you know, I have this $10. There are two <laughs> finalists. Like not only what do I want, but like who am
0: I? Next question. Final yes. question. Oh, what is something Or who is someone that you'd like to bring back to the present from 1991? I mean, you have the jacket. I do have the jacket.
1: um, And I'll put it over his shoulders. He is... (laughs) He's here. He's still here. But not in the same way. Um, He's he's taken a step back uh, from the spotlight. And I feel like the spotlight needs him desperately. uh, Whether in his 1991 version or in his 2021 version. That person is Andrew Shue of Melrose Place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Memory played Billy or Bobby on Melrose Place. (laughs) Uh, Truly one of the more beautiful human beings who's ever roamed the earth. And also like, like right away got into like philanthropy sort of. Oh, interesting. uh, And like, yeah, nonprofit work. He started a nonprofit called Do Something. And I don't know what do something does. I don't know what the thing that do something (laughs) does is. I'll tell you what. It's something. It's something. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. It's (laughs) It's something. We can agree. But he, um, gorgeous with his shirt off, uh, beautiful head of hair. One could see if one watched Melrose Place from beginning to end every Mm -hmm. week that fame was not a thing that he was interested in. You could tell in those last couple years that he was under contract and sure. didn't, didn't want to be there. And uh and he never really did act again after Melrose Place. Um, but he is somewhere
0: doing something. During their run, he briefly played professional soccer. That yes, that too. Jesus, yes. Wow. This guy yeah. rules.
1: He f- rules. He is like yep. yeah, he's kind of the perfect man, and yet. Yeah, he didn't, uh, he had no interest in staying in the spotlight, and so he didn't. And I'm sure that he's very happy right now. But I would just like to see
0: him again. Andrew Shu. if you're out here listening, which I'm sure you are. Yeah, yes, of course. Make yourself known, at least to Dave, shoot Dave an email. Yeah. Tell him what you're up to. DM me. Send him a DM. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just want to, I just want to know that he's happy. I just want to make, I just want him to be happy. That's all. If you're happy, reach out. Let us know. If you're yes. not happy, Pretend you never. I'll make heard you this. happy. I'll make you happy. <laughs> if you're Whatever double it takes. DM, if, if, yes, if you're not happy,
1: yeah, fucking lay it on me. Talk to me. Lean on me.
0: <laughs> Dave is here for you, Andrew. You? yes, yes, I am. I am a I'm beautiful answer. Thank you I love so it. much. Yes, you're welcome. This answer is worth 513 points based on the number of days it's probably been since Andrew Shue has even thought about Melrose Place. That brings us to the end of today's game of Back to the Past. Your final score is 3,025 points, the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. Dave Holmes, how do you feel?
1: Wow! Oh my God! Wow. I mean, honestly, I just—you know—I—I I really, all of it came from the heart, and so I'm—I'm I'm so happy that it was so
0: well received. Um, I, wow! I what an honor. Received it in my heart. It was perfect. Good. As this week's winner and all-time grand champion, you mm-hmm. have won a $100 contribution or donation to the charity or aid cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? As you know your wife and I share a chronic
1: health condition called type Mm -hmm. 1 diabetes. Yes. Uh, My friend uh, Craig Steubing has uh, started a uh, a nonprofit called the Beta Cell Foundation, which uh, funds grassroots projects developed by individuals with type 1 diabetes to educate, Mm -hmm. empower, and unite our community. And most importantly, they do not take money uh, from Big Pharma so that they can actually
0: uh, help human beings and not shareholders. Incredible. That's such a wonderful cause. I will put the information on social media and in the show notes if people want to make their own donations. Finally, this week, the pep talks. We will each give a pep talk to someone or a group of people that we think need it or deserve it this week. I am going to go first. My pep talk is for MC Hammer. So obviously, you are a household name who has at least one, arguably a couple songs, that everyone recognizes within three seconds of hearing it. Plus, a style of pants people associate with you and have named after you, and a signature dance. Those facts alone comprise a body of work that most people, pardon the reference, can't touch. But also, at the height of your fame, you were living a life that is unimaginable to most people. You owned two helicopters and 19 horses and a 40,000 square foot home. And sure, that all went away by 1996 when you declared bankruptcy, but wow, imagine owning 19 horses and two helicopters for even a single afternoon. MC, what a life. But this is what makes me believe, and I think about this all the time. This is what makes me believe in not just the greatness, but the goodness of MC Hammer. At the height of your career, you had a staff of 200 and an entourage of 40. Your monthly payroll was reportedly in the neighborhood of $500,000. People like to talk about the wealthy being job creators, but forget Jeff Bezos paying a sub-living wage to Amazon employees. MC Hammer supported 200 people just working for MC Hammer and 40 of them whose jobs were just hanging out with MC Hammer. That's job creation. I'm here giving verbal pep talks, but you, at the height of your career, were giving financial pep talks to so many people in your life. I hope that now, wherever you are, whether it's making Christian music I'll never hear or popping up in commercials from time to time, you feel happy knowing that when you had your most, you did your best for the people in your life. And I hope it never stops being hammer time in your heart or theirs. Dave Holmes, the floor is yours for a pep talk.
1: Oh, God, that was stirring. (laughs) Thank you. Well, stirring and beautiful. My pep talk is uh, for something that uh, I think needs it. And it is the concept of empathy. Empathy, Webster's Dictionary defines empathy <laughs> as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Empathy is lacking in our society right now. We literally have people yelling at school board members because they don't want to do the absolute minimum that they can do to keep a stranger from dying alone in in an ICU with their family saying goodbye on an iPad. Empathy is in short supply, but empathy, you are not dead. You are just losing the PR battle right now. People see you (laughs) as weakness, or as defeat, Mm -hmm. or as something that is feminine in a world that is so masculine it worries all fucking day long about whether people think it's masculine enough. But you, empathy, are special. (laughs) You make the world better. You are the central message of literally every world religion before they forget you and become violent. You connect (laughs) person to person, like social media. But before they become violent and forget you. (laughs) Empathy, we need you now more than ever. You will never completely be gone. Like MC Hammer himself and Andrew Mm -hmm. Shue, we know you're out there. (laughs) We just need you to step forward. And when you do, we will be there
0: to support you. Empathy, you're a superstar. Incredible. Such great work. Amazing. That was a BM Dawn reference at the end there, but anyway. (laughs) It's deep. It's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. I love it. Speaking of the 90s, BM Dawn. Speaking of the 90s, yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's been our show. I'm your Ah. host, Josh Gondelman. This was Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Dave Holmes. Dave, where can people find you and your work? I am uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Dave Holmes, and I
1: am not shy about uh, plugging my stuff there. And I'm also on uh, Esquire.com a
0: lot. Amazing. Read Dave's stuff. It's so good. The book is great. Thank you. If you listening want to contribute to Dave's charity of choice, I'm going to make all that information available in the show notes. If you have your own answers to today's game of Back to the Past, tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman, or at Make my Day Pod. Thank you so much for listening. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days.